Everybody's gonna pay Cause the million dollar man Always it's his way <laughs> This is the Dynasty Warzone the People's Dynasty Podcast, and here are your hosts, Memphis at DFF Memphis and Jerry at Jerry Sin DFF. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners, my name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my dynasty passion to the next level and i'll tell you what well let's just say there's writer downers for days in the patreon the member you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show you also get access to memphis and jerry for one-on-one advice personal dynasty dilemmas they'll tackle them for you help you out with it you just don't get that anywhere else but i'd say my favorite part about the patreon is the uh the group chat Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up. And you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And this week's topic on the Wednesday show is players we are not trading in our Dynasty Leagues. And that sounds odd based off the special intro I created for tonight's show, but there are only a handful for me. And there's a handful for this guy. You know him as my co-host. He is the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry Sinclair, are you ready to talk trades? I am. Listen, we already started this in the best sort of way. We're going to talk about guys that we're not going to trade. How did we start the show before we hit record? We uh, did a trade between each other. We, we did a trade. I did a trade earlier with friend of the show, Nate Pilmer, in a rebuild that you uh you wrote me into and i've got my wide receivers put together i've got my tight ends put together i've got one quarterback out of the three i probably need uh just picked up a jk dobbins we'll share this trade on next week's patreon how about that i like it all right man let's uh let's get into tonight's topic uh but before we do i want to make sure i continue to call out my uh my new side hustle the uh the new project over with the guys at the Dynasty Happy Hour on that podcast feed. You can find it iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you find pods, but it's exclusively found over there. That's where I take you, the listener, and make you my co-host, and we go over one of your Dynasty rosters. We talk about where you're at, where you're going, how to make it better. If you haven't heard it, you should. 
Check it out over at the Dynasty Happy Hour Family of Podcast. Don't know how how long this show's going to go. Uh, they've been ranging 60 to 75 minutes, but the information has been great. And uh, five-star reviews. Jerry, do you know how many five-star reviews we've had in the last week? You tell me. Enlighten me. Well, when you go across all platforms, because now thanks to a new service that I've been using, I can see them all. We've had six in seven days, Jerry. Listen, that just that just makes me feel good. It's like waking up Christmas morning and seeing all the presents under the trees, the lights going on the tree. That's what that does. That just warms my soul. And just want to make sure to call out the Patreon because... With those are the two things that help the, the the podcast continue to grow. We've got new things rolling out this fall as we get into season. And yes, I firmly believe there's a season. But those five star reviews on whatever your listening platform is, iTunes, whatever, you can go in there and you can give us a five star. Uh, this is Jerry and I's baby. We're not part of a major network like the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor podcast happens to be. Uh, this is just Jerry and I. So when you give us that five star, you're supporting me and Jerry in the war zone. And we really appreciate that. Um, and then the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone. Uh, Jerry, do you know where tonight's topic came from? Where did tonight's topic come from, sir? This topic was inspired by one of our Patreons named Mike. He's one of our newer Patreons, like maybe like a week to 10 days ish, maybe two weeks. And he. Uh, one of the other Patreons was asking about a George Kittle trade, and we did, the conversation just kept coming back to me, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not trading George Kittle, and I'll get into all the reasons why in just a second. Uh, call out our social media real quick. You can check out the show on both Instagram and Twitter, at Dynasty Warzone. Uh, much more active on the Twitter than the IG. Jerry, I need to like start screen capping some pictures and like converting them to something and post them on the Instagram. <laughs> Listen, I don't. It, well, you do whatever you have to do. I just it, stop sending them to me. They're inappropriate. My wife doesn't like to get them at two in the morning anymore. Well, and, and that and Instagram's got like a filter, whereas Twitter has like no filter. Maybe you should send me a picture of your dog, because I've posted pictures before of my dog. That's Gemma, the podcast dog. Maybe we need to post a picture of your dog on the the Warzone IG handle. But let's uh, let's get down to business, man. Let's talk about guys that we're not trading. Now, Jerry, how crazy is that for us? Uh, it's something. But it and listen, it's not never trade them for anything. It's they are in one of the better situations where trading them is not the best long-term move. So, it, yeah, it's crazy because we say everybody has a value and everything's like a stock market. But these guys are really firm in their value. They have a future going forward. And, and it's tough. And if you're trying to win, these are the guys you're really not trying to get rid of. I, I, I could not. You said it very well there. It's not that I wouldn't sell them. Um, in the league that you and I just made the trade in, I now have four 2021 firsts. Uh, hashtag, I'm going to buy Trevor Lawrence in the Superflex League. But, <laughs> but at, at some point, everybody has a price. I jokingly made that intro today of the million dollar man everybody everybody does have a price at some point uh, an owner can put together a trade so massive that you just can't say no uh, we're going to get into some of these guys here in a minute and depending on what the but it would have to it, to get us to move one of the six guys we're getting ready to discuss for me it has it has to not be feasible it has to not be reasonable really 
it has to be what I would consider a gross overpay. Just, I mean, can you believe he actually or she actually offered that for the player we're talking about? Jerry, uh, enough of the uh, the goofing around. Once you get into your first guy, who is the first person in Dynasty that is not tradable without a massive overpay for you? All right, well, this one, listen, I went a little bit of a lazy route. I, I saw that you took one that was a lazy route, so I went with one too, and mine's Ezekiel Elliott. The dude is signed until 2026. He's got an unbelievable dead cap hit until after 2022. I really don't think they're going to get rid of Dak Prescott. The core of that offense is going to be in place for the next few years. And let's face it, Randy, the dude has been consistently awesome. He's not missed tons of games. He's done stupid things and been suspended for two games for his Mardi Gras or whatever it was. But he's been consistently dominant. What can you say by somebody that from the time they got into the league until now has been a perennial elite asset? And guess how old he is? 24. He's 24 years old. I feel like Ezekiel Elliott's been in the league since 1971. It, it, we're going to be at the point where he's going to be, you know, in the league for nine years. And I'm going to go, oh, he's 26. This is great. It's I, so Zeke is. Listen, there, there's a bunch of guys at the top, really. You know, Saquon's going to be tough to trade. Christian McCaffrey's going to be tough to trade. Their situations are a little different. They don't have the offensive line and they don't have the elite offense. They don't have other pieces around them. They're not on competing teams where they're truly, absolutely the focal point of a perennial championship team like Ezekiel Elliott is. You know, it, it, Christian McCaffrey, I maybe Matt Rule helps him out. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he breaks down at some point. We've seen two years. They've been an unbelievable two years. We've been seeing Zeke. We saw Zeke in college doing it, and not to say we didn't with Christian McCaffrey also, but we've seen it for longer. We've seen it consistently. He's done awesome. He's under contract for a unbelievably long period of time and that's assuming that they would want to get rid of him and uh, face the dead cap hit of 6.7 million going into 2023 which is still three years down the road so you in such a volatile situation like the running back position is the dude is locked in and he's locked into a good situation so I have, I've, I've always been tepid on Zeke, and it's not about the talent. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the star on the helmet, but I, I've got to be honest. I mean, this is a guy who, with the exception of suspensions and resting, has never missed a game due to injury. In his rookie year, he set out the last game of the regular season because Dallas went to the playoffs. He set out the last game of 2018 because the team went to the playoffs and then he missed six games in 2017 due to a BS suspension, which I'm a, I'm again, not a big Zeke fan, but I mean, the, the numbers are what they are. In spite of that, the guys played 56 career games and has uh, put up 5,400 rushing yards. That's 96 and a half rushing yards per game. I mean, the guy is just a machine. He averages 10 TDs a year. And although I don't know that we'll ever see another 95 receptions like Zeke had in, I'm mean, sorry, 95 targets for 77 receptions that he saw in 2018. And, and, and it's not that Zeke's not a capable pass catcher. It's just that they continue to build out that offense with really good pass catching weapons. 
Cooper's going to be there for a while. They just drafted C.D. Lamb. I think Gallup is undervalued now based on that. Uh, Blake Jarwin could emerge. And then there's Tony Pollard. So the fact that Zeke has been this dominant for this long, and to your point, he he's 24. Um, he'll he'll be 25 in this season. Uh, as a matter of fact, before the season starts, he'll be 25 in July. But this guy could easily, Jerry. The I mean, he could rock this thing till you know four more years. And, and what what does that say? Because it, it, can you predict anything? Look at what the ADP of running backs was four years ago you would see a whole slew of names that are completely and utterly irrelevant today. And there would be maybe one, maybe two. You know, Adrian Peterson's going to be there. You scroll down to RB22, you'll find Frank Gore sitting there and not much else. And the weird thing is, and, and there's no way to, of statting this or quantifying this, but for me personally, he just has that feel about him that feel like this guy's going to play a decade of just solid football. Uh, I don't know that he's going to go Frank Gore and play until he's 50, but this is a guy that I think could be putting up solid. I mean, even late in his career, he could be a, you know, a, a back-end RB1, you know, low, a high-end RB2 at the age of 30. So this is a guy you could get another four to five solid years out of. I can't say I blame you. I don't know that he would be on mine. I don't have any running backs on mine. But the, uh, the first guy on my list, I kind of uh, gave a spoiler alert earlier. For me, it's George Kittle. Jerry, you know what a big fan of George Kittle I am. Yeah, and that's a, I mean, that's a polarizing position, too. I mean, he calls himself the people's tight end. He's obviously a big pro wrestling fan. And a couple of years ago, after a game, he immediately like trucked it across town and was shown on SportsCenter at being at a WWE pro wrestling pay-per-view he's a lot of fun he's as close to Gronk both on and off the field as we have in the NFL right now yeah I think that's fair I mean for the longest time his his header on Twitter was him giving someone a stone-cold stunner and that'll get you a place in my heart every day of the week you you do know what a fan of stone-cold Steve Austin I am but it's just the reason why and it was actually I was I was offered in a league this weekend uh I had a quarterback to spare in a super flex league and I was offered Christian McCaffrey. This is a team I finished in a league I finished second in last year. I was offered Christian McCaffrey for Carson Wentz and George Kittle. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I mean, um, I don't. I don't blame you. It, it was pretty close. You know what a big fan of the dynasty trades calculator I am. Uh, I, I ran it through as I do because I'm just always curious. It was closer than you think. Uh, a little bit toward the the Wentz and Kittle side, and I'm sure I could have got something thrown in. But the thing of it is, I had no problem trading Wentz. I actually moved Wentz later in the day in a different deal. I just can't bring myself to trade George Kittle. He he, the points that he puts in your roster are are virtually unmatched by anyone not named Travis Kelsey. I'll get to him in a minute. Um, in 2019, he was the tight end two and overall points, and that was in spite of missing two games due to injury. I can't remember if it was like a, a knee. Um, he had a shoulder thing at one point, but in uh, one-point PPR, 1.0 PPR, your basic ESPN PPR, he averaged 15.9 points. Okay, so Jerry, you play a lot of tight end premium. I play a lot of tight end premium. 
Mm-hmm. He he in in one point five, so you get a half a point bonus PPR in in, in tight end premium, two hundred and sixty five points, and that was good for eighteen point uh, nine points, right at nineteen points a game. And then and I do play a few leagues where tight ends get a point seven five bonus or one point seven five points for that. He averaged twenty points a game, Jerry. Do you and 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 it's just such an advantage. I mean. With the exception of Kelsey, do you know how many points on average that is advantage over the next closest tight ends? Uh, I don't, but I could tell you it's a gap. It, it's it's three. This is like that next tier, too. I'm, I'm talking the Wallers, the Andrews, the Ertz. The guys you're still happy you have if you have them. 100%. He's, he's three to five points more per game, depending on the format, than those guys. And, and people are going to say, but Memphis, what about Mark Andrews? Hey, guys, I like Mark Andrews. I like Mark Andrews a lot. You know, there's always been a big three at tight end. And for the last several years, Jerry, it's been Ertz. It's been Kelsey. And then we added Kittle a couple of years ago. Uh, Ertz is out. Ertz has slid to number four for me. But number three is uh, Mark Andrews. But Mark Andrews, so in one-point PPR, he gets outscored by Kittle by two and a half points a game. In 1.5 tight end premium, he gets outscored by three points a game. And in 1.75, also three points a game. He's virtually irreplaceable in that offense, and that's a low-volume passing offense. If the defense ever gets bad and they get into shootouts, oh my goodness. And, And I would listen if you wanted to talk about Kelsey, you know, being in that mix with him, I would agree with you. Here's why I've traded Kelsey shares. Kelsey turns 31 in October. Kittle turns 27 in October. So if Kittle can just stay playing at the same rate as Kelsey is right now, you've got another half a decade of dominance at the tight end position. He's a literal cheat code. He, in the last... Uh, 28 games that he's played. He's played about 80% or more of the snaps. Uh, last year, it looks a little misleading because he, if you go to uh, playerreference.com, and they'll show that he played 75% of the offensive snaps, and that's true, but he missed two games again because of injury. Jerry, he he's just a cheat code. And like I said, I like Kelsey. It's the age difference that makes them different to me. And then he's just a tier above everybody else. Are you a big Kittle guy? Yeah. Uh, it, and here's here's the other thing. Like like you specified, this goes for tight end premium. This goes for you're starting one tight end. You have two tight ends. This is everywhere because he is the youngest elite asset at the position. Mark Andrews, very good. Like you said, n- number three. And I agree fully with you. I got to see it more consistently before I can put him in the realm of George Kittle. George Kittle is a super freak. And it seems like every single time you need that big play from George Kittle, he stiff arms a dude and takes it 65 and you get to watch it. And he just rumbles and bumbles down the sideline. And it's wonderful to watch. You will hear zero complaints from me on George Kittle. And it's because of the scarcity at the position, the elite amount of production from him. And honestly, Let's face it, there's not a ton of competition for targets. Debo Samuel is a nice player. Maybe Brandon Ayuk can emerge into that, but he's the guy. And if you're going to be the guy, like, let's talk about Travis Kelsey, who's the other guy that's in there. He's got to work with Tyreek Hill, and he's now got to work with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and potentially Damian Williams. There's competition. 
in San Fran in the Bay, there's not competition really. It's 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 less talented competition if you want to even say that there is any. Well, and and to be fair, let's say it's equal. You know, I like Debo, I like Ayuk, I like Tyreek Hill. We're going to talk about him here in a minute. Hashtag spoiler alert. But there are a lot of guys at the tight end position that we're just not sure of. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and give Mark Andrews the uh, the, the elevated into the big three. Can Austin Hooper do it again? Can Tyler Higby repeat those magical six games that he ended the season with? Will Hunter Henry ever be what we thought he will be? When will Zach Ertz leave and when can Dallas Goddard emerge? I, I'm interested to see what Mike Kosecki can do in a Chan Gailey offense. And then you got all the really young guys. You got Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. And, you know, can Darren Waller repeat what he did last year? Oh, and can Evan Ingram stay healthy for 45 minutes? Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. Not probable, but possible. And that's the whole thing. I mean, George Kittle played through what was a pretty bad knee injury and a pretty bad shoulder injury. The guy who just. You know, he, he feels like a cheat code. I'm not moving him. That's my first guy. Jerry, who's the second guy that you're not moving off of your dynasty rosters? You know, we already we already started to mention him. We'll go we'll just go with the spoiler. We're gonna go with Tyreek Hill. And it's weird that I'm gonna say Tyreek Hill is untradeable because in the past we have had this conversation and he's been one of the guys that we've talked about getting out from under because he's trouble. You know, it, Jernigan used to say on this show that he had knucklehead factor, and he certainly did. But from what we've seen recently, it hasn't been a lot of that. He, he played 16 games in 2018. He played 15 games in 2017. He did miss four games last year. But it's not been anything crazy. It's, not, it's been injuries. It's not been him being a dope, which, it, which was the big fear. The talent was never the problem. And he's linked to Patrick Mahomes. And it... it He's always going to have a high probability of getting touchdowns because of the Andy Reid offense and because of Patrick Mahomes. So the upside is always going to be there with Tyreek Hill. He's still only, what, 26 years old? He's going to be 26 this year, I believe. You know, he's they, they've got to out in the contract. Uh, if they would, it would be a $5 million dead cap hit after next year, but he is technically under contract for two more years after this season. Why would they get rid of him? It's it, it, this team has a window to win Super Bowls, potentially have a little mini dynasty, and he's the guy. It, it, you're not gonna. I mean, Travis Kelsey's extremely good, like we just mentioned. But uh, how old did you say he's gonna be? Thirty, thirty-one. Uh, thirty-one in October. And by the way, on the age on Tyreek Hill, he did in fact just turn twenty-six back in March. Okay, so just recently twenty-six. So he's gonna be twenty-six for this whole season. And he's been highly productive. He's linked to a great running or a great quarterback, excuse me. And let's talk about the other wide receivers that are at the top. Michael Thomas. What is his value going to do the moment Drew Brees retires, Randy? Is it going to go up? You think it's going to stay the same? It, it, it there, there's a lot more ambiguity there because we don't know if Jameis is going to take over, if Tyson Hill is going to take over, if someone else is going. to. I couldn't tell you, and I yeah, I, it, I know Teddy Bridgewater's gone. Yeah, it, it that's my point. Is there there's a lot to question with that. You think Aaron Rodgers is having a jolly good time in Green Bay right now when they drafted Jordan Love? Devontae Adams, what's going to happen if he's gone? Now granted, they should have two more years of him, uh, Devontae Adams, assuming Aaron Rodgers plays out until the dead cap is cheap. 
still, he's still going to be 29 then. He's older than Tyreek Hill is. That's a, a funky situation. DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, elite wide receiver asset, getting paired with a wide uh, a young quarterback also, but he's up there in age. He, he's getting, he's 27, I think he's going to be 28 next year. It's a new offense that he has to learn. Who knows if Kyler Murray is going to, you know, just unleash it like Deshaun Watson could. It That's another questionable situation. Tyreek Hill doesn't have that. And, that. and that's why I think I put him in that situation, which yeah, we just did a startup league where I picked the 112, and it's because I love to take guys like Tyreek Hill at the end. Now, I didn't in this case, but it's he's one of these guys that I really don't think I have to worry about him for the next three or four years. And if that's everything in Dynasty for me, because I know that the turnover is much faster than everyone thinks it is. So I'm just trying to get guys that are cemented in their role in good situations. What's the one thing we always say? Get guys on good offenses. Hey, hey, hey go ahead. So you, you don't have to convince me. You, you're preaching to the choir. And I'll just briefly speak on the off-the-field stuff. Both the NFL and the child services slash district attorney of Kansas City all found no reason to suspend and or charge or try him as a quote-unquote criminal. Um, and and it, even the NFL, who is, you know, especially when it comes to domestic violence, they typically suspend first and ask questions later. He didn't do that. And there's a lot of rumblings that it may have been a toxic relationship. So I'm not going to, you know, cruise down that. But just looking at his stats profile, I'm not going to talk about 2016 because he was, uh, I think he was an undrafted rookie or maybe a seventh rounder, and he only started one game. But the last three years, because um, he did miss four games due to injury uh, last year. In the last uh, three years, he's played 41 games, and over that time, he's averaged five, five catches a game for 86 yards. That's 13 PPR points walking in the door. Then you can start mixing in you know, some of those you know, reverses and, and screens. Oh, and don't forget the fact that over the last three years, he's had 26 touchdowns. That's an average of about nine a year. So you have a guy walking in that's Oh, and Jerry, you want, you want to know a fun stat, a, a fun trivia question? Yeah, shoot. Do you, can you name a player that started his career with four straight Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl selections? <laughs> uh, probably not. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has been all first team All Pro twice in both his rookie, uh, that was as a returner, mind you, and then 2018 as an actual wide receiver, and then he's been selected to the Pro Bowl four straight years. And he's going into his prime. He's going into his age 26 season with an awesome quarterback and a head coach known for offense and, and a high-scoring division. I, th- I think the Raiders got better. The Chargers got better. The Broncos got better. This is a this could be the wild, wild west as far as points. And, you know, those are six of his games. I, I don't know how you don't like him, Jerry. That's what I mean. I just – I and it's weird. Don't get me wrong. If this was, you know – May 20th of 2018, I'd be sitting here arguing with myself. But it, with the situation that we're in, you know, he he looks like the the stupidity is behind him, which I hope to be true. And as far as my dynasty assets are concerned, he's one of the most solid foundational wide receiver pieces out there right now at the position that is known for being one of the more solid long-term 
foundational cornerstones of a team. What I mean? What are you looking for? You're you're looking to be attached to a good offense, check. Good quarterback, check. Surrounded by good offensive weapons, check, check, check. And he he's got it all. And, and you play most of the games. And, and, and listen, he he had a little bit of a rough year last year, but he missed his four games. But then he also had to play without Patrick Mahomes for whatever it was, three or four games after he had come back from injury. So he's recovering from injury, and Patrick Mahomes is gone. You you get to the AFC Championship, he had he had a two touchdown game in the Super Bowl. He has a uh, hundred yard game. He, he's a focal point. There's no, I, I I don't know how anyone could argue it. And in the event that something happens to Travis Kelsey, here's the thing. Tyreek Hill will still be open because Tyreek Hill is still faster and still better at beating defenders. So it won't matter a ton, even if he was gone and taking any coverage, any safety coverage from him. Well, I, I will just use this as a springboard to my second guy. But to say that in 20, uh, excuse me, 2018, when he played all 16 games, had 137 targets, 87 receptions, uh, 1,479 receiving yards, on top of 150 rushing yards, that's 1,600 total yards and 12 TDs. I don't think that's a ceiling. I don't know how high high can be with this guy. Uh, could it be like that Megatron almost 2,000-yard season? I doubt it, but I, I, I don't think it's impossible either. And the reason why I go on about this guy is because my number two, for me, it's his quarterback, man. It's Patrick Mahomes. I mean... 24 years old, going to turn 25 in September. This is a guy that can literally continue this for a decade, Jerry. There is a better chance of your league collapsing than there is of this guy not being a a mega dynasty asset for the next 10 years. Because 10 years from now, he'll only be 35. To put that in perspective, that's younger than Aaron Rodgers is today. And this guy is out there just absolutely killing it. Now, in 2018, in just basic ESPN, four-point per passing touchdown scoring, he averaged 25.8 points a game. And it was the league MVP. We knew there was some regression coming. And, yes, there was, and, there, and it did happen. He got hurt in 2019, missed a couple of games, still managed to average 20.0 points in 2019. Hey, Jerry, Jerry, another, tw- another, uh, another uh, trivia question for you. You ready? Yep. There are, in this scoring format, this is ESPN, one point per 25-yard, four point per passing TD scoring. There were three quarterbacks to score 20 or more points a game on average those two years. Do you know who they are? I don't. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Drew Brees. One of those guys is 40. One of those guys has got Bell O'Brien. But anyway, back to Patrick Back to Patrick Mahomes. I, I think the 20... I think the 20-point season last year is really a down season for him. He is just an absolute that, that should That should tell you everything. That, that's the floor. And I don't, I don't think that 26 points a game has to be his ceiling. Uh, you know, Vegas, you know what a big fan of the Vegas podcast and the Vegas mindset, yep. just that, 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 that sharp mindset of the Vegas guys. Uh, they use QBR as their measuring tool because it incorporates so much more than just passing. It involves running. It involves game script. It involves a lot of overall factors. In 2018, he was number one in QBR. In 2019, in spite of missing two games, he was second in QBR. Oh, and something else that I found interesting as I was looking in. Now, he's never going to be confused with the Konami code, the the rushing quarterbacks like the Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, etc. 
but over his the, the first parts of his career, he was averaging about, we'll call it 3.4 attempts per game, and he was getting about 16 yards rushing. So that's not a whole lot, right, Jerry? All right. Yep. But in the playoffs this year, I saw a side of him that I had not seen the previous two regular seasons. During the 2019 playoffs, he averaged eight rushing attempts a game for 45 yards. Now, if he starts doing that on top of his passing efficiency, oh my God, that's an extra touchdown on the ground rushing. Now, do I think he does that a lot? No, but it's one of those head scratchers. Is this a new wrinkle to his game? And even if he gets you 25 yards rushing a game, that's that that's significant. I mean, you're 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 still winning your quarterback matchup when you have Patrick Mahomes anyway, add the extra two, three, four, five, six points. And that's just a cherry on top. And I, I don't want you know, and people are going to say, well, why wouldn't you put Lamar Jackson on this? I'll tell you what, I'll be the first that if we do this show again next year in May of 2021, if Lamar Jackson has a 2020, like he had 2019, you're going on the list. Now, I can't do that yet. I can't do it after one season. There's a lot of – Jerry, you do know that defensive coordinators make uh, seven figures a year, right? Yeah, the sophomore slump is real, my friend. That's two commas in the old paycheck, in the old salary every year. So those guys are paid a lot of money, and they're going to be expected to figure out how to how to stop him. I've seen – And, two, and I, listen, if it, if, if it – like you said, if he does repeat it, Absolutely, in this situation. But at this point, we can't say that. We saw this sort of thing, not to the extent that Lamar was, don't get me wrong, with RG3. I mean, RG3 won Rookie Player of the Year and won the division and played in the playoffs. Now, granted, he had his knee injury, and that set him back. But, you know, this, like you said, defensive coordinators get paid pretty well to do a good job. And if they can solve him, then, then you know, you've bit off more than you could chew for him, so to speak. So, and we, you know, Mahomes, Randy, come on. The dude's awesome. I I just absolutely love him. But I I also, again, it's the sample size at this point with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, The guy is just a beast and I, I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Uh, And and just to, to segue back to Lamar before we get into your third guy, Jerry, is that, Again, for two years in a row, and it's you know it's that recency bias. It's the last thing that we saw before the season came to an end. It was how Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans were able to handle this Baltimore Ravens attack. And you know another team that did real well against Baltimore last year was Cleveland. So I'm not going to you know segue this to a Lamar Jackson thing. I would love nothing more than to add Lamar to this list this time next year. But for me personally. I can't move George Kittle, Patrick Mahomes, Jerry. I know you're not moving Tyreek Hill. I know you're not moving Zeke Elliott. Who is the third guy you're not moving? This is another one of those weird ones. It's a guy as a prospect I had my trepidations about. And then he played and I went, okay, he can play in this league. He's on a bad team though. So I I don't know the situation. I like the talent. Lots of people love the man's talent. Because he is versatile. The problem is he hasn't put it all together. It, it, whether it's all his fault or just the piss poor team that's around him, it's Joe Mixon. Jo- so Joe Mixon, 
He's he's missed a few games. He, he didn't miss any last year, which was good, but he's never been that elite productive running back that we all thought he was going to be when we saw how he could be a three down back at Oklahoma. He, he's never been the 17, 18, 2000 yard combined type of guy that we've seen. Like uh, Nick Chubb had uh, 1800 yards last year. We've seen 14 out of Joe Mixon. Now, the reason I am not trading him is because he has consistently been productive, not to an elite asset yet, but that team is on a, I don't want to say an upper trajectory because there's nowhere to go but up when you're in the basement. But Joe Burrow is going to bring excitement to this team. T. Higgins is there. Maybe A.J. Green comes back and he can show some things. And here's the thing. This is a contract year. Joe Mixon, you got second round money. And listen, compared to me, second round money is just fantastic. Compared to a great NFL running back, it's that second contract where you can get your money. Now, my man blows it out of the water this year. He's going to get paid. And I don't see, with the excitement of him having a successful season, with Joe Mixon, or with Joe Burrow, excuse me, and everything else that's going there, Even they don't even have to win a ton of games. They win six games, but they show something. They're going to want to bring him back. And then that that's just a young core of an offense that can grow. Or, Randy, here's another thing. Or they don't. Or they get rid of him. And he goes to a different team, which is fine because this is his last year on the contract. His situation is different than Le'Veon Bell. His situation is different than Melvin Gordon because he's not 27. You know, he's not. He's, he's going to be 24 years old next year. This dude is a year older than Josh Jacobs. He's been in the year, the league for three years. He's younger than Nick Chubb is still. The guy is, it's, it blows my mind between him and Christian McCaffrey. Whenever I see how old they are, there are other guys that I've just, I feel like have been in the league much longer than they actually have. I think he's in a good situation, whether he's in Cincinnati or whether he's not, because he's going to get paid more than Austin Eckler is, in my opinion. I think Austin Eckler got that Giovanni Bernard contract. But here's the thing. If if he stays in Cincinnati, Gio Bernani, if you know, people don't want to pay him the money. Giovanni Bernard is on the books for $5 million next year. Giovanni Bernard is one of the top 15 paid running backs in the league. That's absurd. He's going to be off the books, so they're going to have more money to pay Joe Mixon. So I think he's going to stay in Cincinnati, but even if he doesn't, I think it's still a good situation. He's a young asset. He, he can run. He can pass. He can block. He's shown you great talent. He just hasn't shown it consistent enough, and he doesn't get the unbelievable workload that you would want to see from an elite running back asset. But that team has been getting obliterated, so they can't run the ball. They need to be a little bit more competitive. He's not going to be confused with Zeke when they're up and then they're just pounding the ball with him. That's never going to happen. But I do think we have not seen the best of Joe Mixon, and I think... He has a legitimate, easy opportunity to be rele- relevant for the next three years, which is an unbelievable thing to running back. Because like we mentioned earlier, there are so many instances of guys where that is just not the case. We Everybody thinks that this running back is going to last and this guy's going to do it. And it just doesn't happen.
because it's the running back position. There's a reason that Melvin Gordon is in a timeshare. There's a reason Le'Veon Bell had to sit out an entire year because nobody gives a damn about running backs. The situation's different. I think he'll be able to find a spot, and I think that's more than we can ask for. And and listen, he punched the girl when he was 17 or 18 or 19, whatever the however the whole old he was. But we haven't seen any of that nonsense since. So let's. I I don't want to, you know, I picked Tyreek Hill and I picked him. I'm not doing it because I think they're great human beings. I'm doing it because I think they are profitable ascending assets in the near future. Well, I got one. Jerry, would you agree that Keyshawn Vaughn has been, I don't want to say he's been a a super hot name in rookie drafts, but I would say he's, He's in a he's got t- some buzz. He's a, he's in a tier all of his own. Obviously, we have the big five running backs, and then we start having guys like Josh Kelly and Darrington Evans and Anthony McFarland. But we've had Mc, you know uh, Vaughn as our like RB six in the rookie draft, right? We all kind of like him. Yeah, pretty solidly. He is the exact same age as Joe Mixon. They're both twenty three years old. The difference is is Joe Mixon's got him by about about nine months. So he is nine months older. Then an incoming rookie, he's got three seasons. Let me give you some pros. I was listening to a, a non-fantasy but yet football-related podcast the other day. Bill Belichick called Joe Mixon the best running back in the league. Not the best running back they faced last year. Not the, be- the best. And mind you, last year, think about some of the running backs they faced. I mean, they, they faced uh, Saquon Barkley. They faced Miles Sanders. They faced Zeke Elliott. They faced a, a lot of really good running backs. And he said this dude was the best. Those are Bill Belichick's words, not mine. I tend to believe you, Uncle Bill. As far as the contract thing goes, I, I think they work it out. I was looking at Spotrack, and the Bengals going into 2021 have about $85 million, Jerry, to make things work so i'm sure they can break off joe mixon and i don't think you have to worry about a holdout this new collective bargaining agreement has it to where uh if a player gets fined during camp the team can no longer waive those fines they have to pay it so there's every opportunity for him to be in camp and i think he will be there's money there and why would you draft joe mixon to just not, excuse me, not Joe Mixon, but Joe Burrow, all the Joes in Cincinnati, Jerry. Mm-hmm. We're pros, they're full of Joes. Uh, but but why would you draft Joe Burrow just to get rid of his good running back? You wouldn't. You absolutely wouldn't. My only concern with Joe Mixon, and it's, it's a slight concern, because you're talking about a guy that's had 237 rush attempts in 2018, uh, 278 last year, had over 1,100 yards both of those years, Here's the thing. I think there's touchdown uh, potential there. He had eight rushing TDs at 18-5 last year. I think there's some uh, some positive regression coming there. There's no reason with Joe Burrow at the helm that this guy couldn't be a double-digit TD guy. Um, but, again, my one concern is the passing volume. I was really hoping with uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach, coming over from his time with Sean McVay, I was really hoping – that he would involve Mixon the way that McVay involved Gurley a couple of years ago in the passing game. I mean, this guy, the most targets he's ever had in a year was 55, and the most receptions he's ever had in a year was 43, which sounds good until you realize Leonard Fournette had 100 targets last year and like 76 catches. Now, that being said, he's a really good pass catcher. How good, you say? Well, this guy's had 134 career targets, and he's caught 80 Point six of them. 
This dude can catch the football. It's just a matter of getting him more involved. But I think the offensive line's going to be better because it sure as the hell couldn't get worse. Uh, to yeah. your to your point earlier, they added studs like uh, T. Higgins on the outside. They're getting first round pick from last year. Jonah Williams back at left tackle. Uh, the upside at quarterback. I don't blame you, man. Uh, normally, running backs going into that second contract, I'm looking to fade. But based on his age and the quote unquote mileage on his tires, you know, in three years in the league, uh, Derrick Henry had 393 tar- uh, rushes attempts last year. Joe Burrow had 693 for his career. So if he was like a used car, they'd be having one of those low mileage stickers slapped on the hood. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. All right, man. Those are, those are the only ones I can afford. Those are the ones I got to get. Yeah, the old buy here, pay here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you're not buying here or paying here when it comes to Jerry and Joe Mixon because uh, J- Jerry's dug in. My final guy, this next one will come as very, very, very little surprise to most of you guys. For me, it's Terry McLaren. Are you shocked, Jerry? Tell me you're shocked. No. Come on. Stop it. I'm, and here's the reason why. For me, it was you, very... Hey, listen. You could have put two names down. And I would have just assumed we would have eventually talked about Terry McLaren at some point. Uh, were, were you going to guess that I was going to put DJ Moore? <sighs> you know, I actually could have guessed that. I mean, he he was a thought, but I would. And, and and before I get into all the stats and reasons why I like Terry McLaren, for me it's about value. And DJ Moore is a great segue. So again, Dynasty Trade Calculator, I use it as a reference point, just like all the other references that I use. But in the DTC, Terry McLaren is currently going for 16.5, which equates to about the 109 in a Superflex draft. And DJ Moore is worth 33-something. So at this point right now, it takes two Terry McLarens to get you one DJ Moore. I think based off the season that Terry McLaren's going to have, he's going to be worth the same a year from now as DJ Moore is today. I think his value is going to double. That's why at least for the next season, Terry McLaren's off the trade list for me. If I own him, I made the mistake. I traded one share to Garrett Price, Garrett of the Dynasty Nerds, the film nerds. I know you're listening. You son of a gun, you got me. I made you a huge offer the other day to try to get him back. You, well, he wouldn't budge. I mean, Jerry, I, I won't tell you what the offer was on, on the show. He even came back because it involved Deshaun Watson, if that tells you anything. He came back and he said, that's a great offer. I can't move Terry McLaren. He is my future. So I've got support in this love of run TMC. I mean, the guy had 93 targets in 14 games last year. And Jerry, do you know who he got those targets from? Who did he get those targets from? Some combination of Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum. And and before you laugh, at least the ones with Case Keenum were somewhat catchable. He caught 58 of them, uh, 919 yards, and 7 TDs in 14 games. Why is the 14 games important? Because, yes, A.J. Brown did finish as the wide receiver one amongst rookies. That is, that is true. That is factual correct. A.J. Brown scored 26 more fantasy points than Terry McLaren. But had Terry played those two games, it would have been real close for who was the rookie wide receiver one. And, uh, Jerry, I know a lot of people like DK Metcalf. Have you heard any DK Metcalf buzz? Uh, yeah, I'm the one spewing it. Okay, good. I'm good, because then I'm preaching to the choir. So DK Metcalf played every game, had four more targets on the season, and yet still scored four more, excuse me, scored four less fantasy points than DJ Moore. You know, DJ Moore was a good athlete. He was a little bit of an older prospect. Again, 
go listen to the guy talk. Find uh, you know clips of him you know giving interviews and Jerry what, McLaren. You mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if okay. I if I if I didn't say that correctly, I apologize. Yeah, but, but I mean the guy had three one hundred yard games, um, and you know I was I was talking about QBR earlier. He had neither one of his QBs even qualified to be in the top thirty of QBR. That's how bad his QB play was last year. So I I, I think if Dwayne Haskins doesn't take a step uh, take a step forward. In 2020, they brought in Kyle Allen. And you may think, well, Kyle Allen's not a very good quarterback. And you would be correct. But Kyle Allen was a big part of the 135 targets that DJ Moore got last year. And the offensive coordinator that called those 135 pass targets to DJ Moore is now the offensive coordinator in Washington. It just all spells for a big season. And whether you like Terry McLaren as much as I do or not, if you sell him now, Jerry, you're just giving away equity. I feel like this time next year, um, if you told me that he went up to like a 24 and a half type, you know, value, that's still equity. I, I think there's nowhere to go but up. Jerry, are, are you a McLaren guy? I don't think I've given you the choice. No, I mean, you haven't. You would, you would bully me into it if I wasn't already. Luckily for you, I already am. Luckily for me, I guess. I don't want to get a wedgie or a swirly. My Listen, we get there, there was a few games that Terry McLaren struggled uh, last year. Now, because of the quarterback play or whatever it was, it was three weeks in a row. The seventh, eighth, and ninth, week seven, eight, and nine against San Francisco, Minnesota, and Buffalo. The offense didn't score double digits. It was, it was rough. It was, it was a bad team. It was a bad offense. It, it, for the most part, outside of that, the guy did great. Here's the thing. Ready? Guess what Jerry just looked up? Jerry just looked up their 2020 schedule, assuming they play. You know how many times they play defenses like Buffalo, San Francisco? They don't. They don't play those teams. You know who they got to play, though? The Giants, the Lions, the Bengals. Woo! That'll be fun. And, again, just I think this the Arizona, Arizona. I mean, they're, it's a different... It's a different type of war game. And listen, this guy is a rookie. And if you can do things as a rookie with no experience and come out and get 900 yards and seven touchdowns, and guess what? The the Redskins must have drafted a wide receiver early. They must have addressed the position, right? Uh, uh, no, no, Jerry. Oh, oh, they didn't. You know why? Because they like Terry McLaren just as much as you like Terry McLaren because he's their guy going forward. He is the guy. He has nowhere to go but up. You said you think the value could be 24. I don't think so. Because if he does exactly what he does this year again, he plays 16 games and gets 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns or eight touchdowns or whatever he does, maybe he doesn't have the stinkers where the offense only scores nine points and he can get a 1,200-yard season in his second year being consistent. I think the value jumps. I think I think it's more than that. Terry McLaren is one of these people that it's going to be tough to trade him because some people don't love him. They weren't in on him, you know, like Nick got, got him for us. And so they don't, they don't buy into him. I think Darius Slayton is another one of those guys. The difference is, is people knew DK Metcalf. So they, their nipples get all hard for him. I don't think that's the case with Terry McLaren, but here's the thing. That's fine. I will hold on to Terry McLaren. I think that is the main reason why Terry McLaren is untradeable because unless you find someone like Garrett Price, you know, is someone like you, someone like me, that sees the guy for what he is as he's the alpha in that offense and he performed in that offense, 
as a rookie, I don't care that he's 24. Not for one damn second. He had never played a game in the NFL. He lined up and he tore it up because he was built for that. This is what he does. Randy, no, I'm not trading Terry McLaren either because you're not going to give me a respectable offer for him because the dude is an elite young asset that has nowhere to go but up. Well, I, I can't buy any more Terry McLaren, Jerry. I own all of it. <laughs> yeah, I own that's, all, that's of the, fair. all of the DJ Moore, all of the Terry McLaren. I've got it all. Was there anybody that, that, that barely didn't make your list or anyone that you also thought about? Uh, you know, I mean, we could have just talked about maybe some of the, you know, Christian McCaffrey, but I sort of mentioned him in passing. None, none of the guys in sort of that middle range. You know who's a weird guy, though, which I, I would definitely trade him. Don't get me wrong, but I think he is still utterly disrespected. And he had his little spat with Michael Thomas over the weekend or whenever the hell that was. It is Devontae Parker. I think that situation is still conducive for him to be good next year. So so you're saying that the, the, the points he would put in your roster every week is going to be more than the, the, the trade value another owner would give you back for him. 100%. I don't, I don't even think it's close. Cause I listen, I have him in a bunch of leagues because he started doing well. And I went, eh, everyone else hates him. I'll take him. Thank you. And it worked out for me, but you know, I've tried to trade him for the same reason that I think most people don't like him is, you know, it took five years to break out. And you don't know if it's repeatable, which I get. But in every one of the the offers that I've tried to send, it's always, you know, I, I don't like Devontae Parker. I don't want Devontae Parker. And, and I get it. I get it. I just think he's one of these guys that if you have him, I, I think you are probably just better off just sticking with him. See, I, I'm much more stringent than you. You're you're very loose. You're, you're, you're a loose dynasty owner, Jerry. I am a, uh, I'm very tight. And the, the, the two that I want to bring up, uh, I couldn't think of anybody else. And to me, honestly, if it wasn't for the value and I see his value doubling, I don't know that I could have gotten three. I mean, for me, really, it was it was Patrick Mahomes and Kittle way up top and then Terry McLaren because I see a value spot there. But I, I do have a rookie one for you. Are you ready? Oh, boy. All right. I'm going to go Jordan Love. And the reason why is his value can't fall. No. His value can't fall. Whatever you get him for today, you are only guaranteed to get that back plus in a year from now and two years from now. Now, Jerry, it takes this little thing that starts with a P. Are you ready? Yep. It's called patience. You have to put him on your taxi. You have to forget he's there and let him go. I've picked him up in the middle second round in a lot of leagues. And uh, Spotrack, I, I referenced them earlier, they tweeted out that there is technically a way for the Green Bay Packers to get out of Aaron Rodgers' contract. It would take him diverting a signing bonus this time next year to where he gets paid out on June 1st as opposed to sometime in March, and that allows them to spread out the dead cap money into basically $16 million across two seasons, which for us working-class stiffs is a lot of, a lot of scratch. <laughs> but, 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 right. for, but for an NFL team that's basically printing money, it's very doable especially if you're going to have a rookie on a rookie contract. So, I mean, he could be the starter as soon as next year. And if he goes from taxi squad guy that you stash for a year to the Green Bay starter, Jerry, what's he worth this time next year? I mean, what do you uh, think you can get? You know, obviously we've got Trevor Lawrence coming out. We've got Justin Fields coming out. Uh, I know people like this Trey Lance kid out of like North Dakota State. But, but where would you put Jordan Love in and amongst those guys next year? 
I mean, listen, I haven't seen the North Dakota State kid enough to to judge place any judgment, but probably QB three, if we're being honest. I mean, I'm not going to put him over Lawrence or Fields, but I think I think that's a good point because was it what? How, how would his value possibly go down unless he gets in trouble? I mean, yeah, going- yeah, that's what I mean. Like something egregious would have to happen because it's not going to be play. So, and they didn't draft him where they drafted him to not eventually give him the ball. He He's going to get the keys to the car. Sooner, now, granted, sooner. he might slam that car right into a damn tree and it will be a fiery, horrible crash. But the moment he gets the keys, you have increased in value and you can do what you will with that. Yeah, I was listening to the Straight Out of Vegas podcast the other day and they were talking about like the last, I think since 2004, you either had to have a Hall of Fame level quarterback and that's Peyton. Basically, they were saying Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, or you had to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. And they were doing it by percentage of the quarterback salary to the team's salary cap. So you don't draft a quarterback on a rookie deal to not take advantage of a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. You know what I'm saying? You don't let him set for three years. Right. So I, I, I think you, you'll see Jordan Love on the field sooner rather than later. And I think it will be good for Aaron Rodgers. I think his time, you know, eventually all good things come to an end. So that's why I'm on Jordan Love. It's strictly a value play. I don't know if the kid can play or not, and I don't really care. I just know that there are very few players you can get in a super flex league between the 206 and the 212 that's guaranteed to return that much investment. That's why he's virtually untradeable. If I manage to get him in, Jerry, I got one more. I'm going to sneak one more in there. You ready? All right, do it. I'm going to hit you with a little IDP bonus, a little bub bonus. You ready? Yeah. Darius Leonard. I'm not, I tried to get him in the IDP startup you and I just concluded. He went like three picks ahead of me. Why Darius Leonard? Well, in the scoring format that we're using, which is a pretty basic scoring format, last year he averaged about 22 points a game. Let me put that in perspective. That's 2.8 more points per game than the next closest defensive player. Okay, and that's four points more a game than the third highest scoring defensive player. He, much like George Kittle, I mean, there's a lot of good players. I mean, we're talking, you know, Aaron Darnold's in there and, you know, uh, Aaron Donald, not to be confused with Sam Darnold. But there's a lot of good players in there, and he stands that much taller than the rest of the competition. He is basically Christian McCaffrey or Zeke at the linebacker position. Um, he's going into year three. You know the Colts are going to resign him. You know they've got plenty of cap money because they don't spend any cap money, unfortunately. They don't have a quarterback worth paying a bunch of cap money, unfortunately. So he's going to be around for a while. You know I love the maniac, Jerry. Yeah, and I think I, that's a sneaky one. That was a sneaky one. You, you did sneak a, a bonus in there. Dude's awesome. What is what is there to say? Just a just a tackling machine. And when you have guys like Luke Keekley retiring, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I did a ton of research for this league, and there are a lot of good linebackers if you play IDP that scored in that sixteen to eighteen point uh, per game range. But we're talking about twenty one point seven on average, and I just bet you he probably wins you three to four weeks in a head to head IDP full roster format jerry he is uh next level yeah don't let one of your linebackers have a bad day too because yeah. then you're losing 14 points on the day on the matchup very rough listen man i just wanted to hit you with a couple of bonuses i was like man who else can i give these people and they thank you guys for tuning in so on 
the bonus show this week if we can get it put together. So Jerry and I are going to do some team-by-team breakdowns. Jerry, are you excited? I'm so excited. I love, love talking about football teams that aren't trash. But you know what we're not going to do, Jerry? Hopefully talk about the Lions. Well, at some point we have to. It's the rules. They're an NFL team. But what we're not going to do is we're not going to go, well, this is the AFC North, and let's break down the Bengals. These are their running backs. Snarf, snarf, snarf. Yeah, that's right. So what we're going to do is we're going to go by offensive production. So this coming week we're going to give you a team that was top 10 in offensive production, a team that was in that middle 10 to 12, and then a team that was in that bottom 10 to 12. And we're going to, you know, pair them up. I don't know. We're going to go through all 32. Don't worry. We won't do any team twice because Jerry's not doing the work barely once. He damn sure won't do it twice. We'll cover all 32 teams. And you never know who we're going to cover. But we're going to go with a good offense, a meh offense, and a bad offense. And tell you what Jerry and I see and what their dynasty and fantasy outlook is going to be for 2020. Because there is going to be a season because when you get the state of California on board and they've got sports facilities opening up, there may not be any of us fans in the stands, but Jerry, I'm feeling awful good about football in 2020. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to tough be tough to stop such a money-making machine like the NFL. I, I don't think they'll be able to do it. I think we're going to watch some football and listen, I don't care if there's nobody for the rest of time into a stadium cuz here's the thing I like to watch from my couch where I don't have to wait in line to pee and I can grab beers when I want and I can eat chicken wings. And if it falls on my stomach, I could just continue eating it right off my stomach. I don't care. Well, first of all, you would do that even if we go to the Lions game. Now, I'm hoping because the Colts, my Colts play your Lions in November. And uh, I'm planning on trucking it up there if there are, in fact, uh, fans allowed in the stands. I don't know how I'm going to convince my wife to let me go to Detroit a, uh, a Corona hotbed, but hey, we'll figure all that out. Hey, did, did you see what the soccer team in Germany was doing? I did not. They were allowing fans because they were not allowing fans actually in the stands, but for 20 bucks or whatever they use there, 20 pounds or whatever the Germ- the Deutschmark, whatever the hell the currency is there for 20 somethings. Euros. You, thank you. You you could get a pic- a cardboard picture of yourself and they would put it in a seat for you. <laughs> that's that's so awesome. And all the <laughs> and, and, all, and all the money got donated back to COVID nineteen relief there in Germany. I thought I thought like they were like showing. I, I saw this on Twitter, and they were showing all these people. There was like pictures of babies, and it was just it was great. And I thought, my mine would be the picture of you that got superimposed on George Costanza. That's what I would pay for. Well, uh, I I love me some I love me some George Costanza, but uh, I will not lose, I will not lose that bet twice. So, Jer Bear, I uh, I'm I'm getting out of here. Um, yep. What do you got for these people? We'll talk again real soon about three NFL teams and breaking them down. Anything you have for these peeps? I don't think so. If you guys are still doing rookie drafts and want to ask me questions, do it. Join the Patreon. It's listen. They're they're. There's something. That's all I can say. It's the chat has been exploding. And listen, I'm going to give a shout out to one of my buddies, Matt Poole, because that dude never shuts up in that chat and it's taken it to a next level. It was already an explosive chat. It's blown up. You, everybody's fun. Everybody, we're always talking trades. We're always talking who hates who. We're always talking everything and anything. The, the Aussies will talk about weird sports that I've never heard of or know how to how to play. But you just you let them sit in their corner. 
you know, the kangaroo fighting or, you know, dingo wrestling, whatever they got to do. You, you just let them do that. Absolutely. And, and to turn this into a, a little bit of a, a brief commercial for the Patreon on the way out, it, it, it's, it's all about the group chat. Um, we're getting, you know, if we're, if you're a Patreon, you get work to the front of the line on the dynasty happy hour contractor, uh, as well as some other perks, but it's all about the group chat, man. The, the group chat is live and having a good time. Um, and by the way, a special shout out to Dana White. Thank you for bringing sports back. Special shout out to the folks of NASCAR and soon to be the PGA. Thank you for bringing sports back. Thank you for having the courage to put on events so that our favorite sport, the NFL, has a roadmap to follow so that we can have football this fall. Four months from now, we'll be looking back and saying, hey, thanks Dana White, thanks PGA, thanks UFC, thanks to all you guys for getting sports back off the ground. But Jerry, until next time, I am Memphis, he is Jerry, and here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon. Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year, and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago, and never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough, and so join the Patreon, because if you ain't first, you're last. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today and not only will you get the best trophies in the game today you can get a free championship ring up to a 59.99 value by entering in the promo code dwz ring you pick out your trophy which one do you like you put it in the cart you add the ring to the cart you had the promo code DWZ ring makes the ring free and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZ ring and let's have a big season. Cost a lot, but I'm the million dollar man, and you will be bought. <laughs>